Chapter Seventeen of Neighbours by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The young French girl, who had been swept by the hurricane of war to alien coasts like some strange foreign bird, seemed joyously willing to accept America with all its New World customs. It was necessary on occasions to explain many things in detail to her father who when not immersed in his books displayed a critical even censorious habit of mind toward things american you will not forget my madeleine that you are not of the bourgeoisie he would say gravely i bewail the fact that in this country where prices are of highness i cannot afford even a bon and to have my daughter go about the streets unattended is also a grief to me but i beg of you do not imitate too closely the women of the country for however diverting one should constantly remember that all of them are bourgeoisie not one is even distantly related to nobility pourquoi there are no nobility therefore carry yourself discreetly my child one day we shall return to our own beloved country where you will marry and become the mother of frenchmen who will be sorely needed in a land sown thick with the graves of heroes in that day i shall have glory because i have preserved my daughter as a legacy for france and he struck his breast with the grand manner madeleine appeared suitably impressed with this exalted paternal view of her destiny but in the meanwhile it was spring and she was eighteen also there were surprisingly pleasant experiences to be met with in this country where young women were permitted to visit the shops to make purchases to attend church and even the theatres and likewise to make the acquaintance of such young men as fortune willed miss malvina bennett though not of the nobility was nevertheless found to have opinions on matters pertaining to conduct i guess if you behave yourself like a lady ought to madeline ain't no use in having a married woman a traipsing round after you she promulgated i can take you to church and christian endeavour and maybe the loyal temperance legion then there's the w c t u you'd ought to go to that and get a white ribbon pinned on to you i promised the lord as miss stickiness buckthorn says to see you done it but when it comes to picking and choosing a bow i guess you're the one to say who it'll be there's nice young fellers a-plenty in town and once you get to going out in company i'll bet the other girls'll have to look out not that i want to make you no ways vain pride goes before a fall but i don't know why you shouldn't settle right down in innisfield in a nice little house of your own instead of being took back to a foreign land and like enough married to a cripple i guess there won't be no other kind of men folks over there the time they get through firing off at each other oh land it's a wonder they ain't all swallowed up like sodom and gomorrah madeline's english vocabulary had by now grown and expanded like the scriptural bay-tree 
so she was able to compare miss malvina's plans for her future with those of her father there was at present no hero of france maimed or otherwise enshrined in her young fancy so she could think of life in innisfield with the same gay insouciance she accorded to the patriotic scheme outlined by monsieur Desay. marriage and the serious things of life were yet a great way off everything appeared fresh and joyous even the distant echoes of the great war which reached the ears but faintly in this peaceful village of the new world did not seriously disturb her sometimes she would find her father his head bowed over a newspaper containing cabled news from the elongated battlefront where the terrible curtain of fire lifted only to reveal the heaps of dead and wounded i should have remained to fight he would declare tears of mingled rage and sorrow rolling down his cheeks already men older than i have given their lives while i sit here a poltroon in cowardly safety at such times he would rise cast the paper of ill report upon the floor and stride up and down his face drawn with anguish why did i ever come to this accursed land he would wail where this so frightful war is a mere spectacle they have no heart these americans in the spot where one should find good red blood coursing through the centre of the being there is a dollar composed of silver or gold hard impervious i have a suspicion and his voice would sink to a menacing whisper that the blight of that diabolical culture is to be found here also all are germans or related to germans free america Pest! i laugh at their vaunted freedom in years to come this so stupid people will see their evil hour will arrive ah it will be the turn of france to look on as at a theatre it was after one of these frenzied outbursts of prophecy that harry schwartz arrived for a lesson in what monsieur de say innocently supposed to be that young man's native tongue it was a matter for pained astonishment that monsieur henri lenoir did not appear to assimilate the beauties of the most elegant of all languages with the ease one should expect his pronunciation was atrocious and remained so after hours of impassioned precept and example do you not by now dream in french demanded his instructor can you not picture to yourself those brave compatriots at verdun ah i see them advance those valiant heroes i behold the grey wall of prussians go down before them but you you see nothing monsieur de say was wrong the young man's eyes were at that moment particularly occupied from behind the shelter of his book with the slim figure of madeleine who was gathering the first roses of summer within fortunate range of his vision how enchanting was the curve of the girl's pliant waist as she reached for a bud high up on the unpruned bush harry was finding his lessons in french quite different from the picture his fancy had painted madeleine was never present on these occasions he seldom caught a glimpse of her even 
he sulkily supposed her father was responsible for this even the joke about his name it was of course a pleasantry to be explained some time or other but it was growing distinctly tiresome to be addressed as a compatriot and expected to discuss the latest french victory or defeat in a language which did not appeal to him in the least young harry it must be confessed was equally indifferent to the resounding german invariably spoken at home when the oldest of the three male schwartzes visited his son's household old heinrich schwartz had come from germany with his bride six months before his son was born the second heinrich was an american albeit by courtesy in due course he became harry and married a descendant of an old puritan family hence the third harry was an american in reality brought up to speak the rather slipshod english jocularly known as united states not unduly addicted to sausage and meekly signing a pledge binding him to abstain from malt and spirituous liquors at the tender age of seven i guess i'm a dub all right sir as i told you in the beginning he confessed to his instructor at the close of an impassioned torrent of french of which he understood but a word or two m de say stared at his pupil from under drawn brows it occurred to him that henri lenoir's eyes were of a blueness for a frenchman and his features he studied the wholesome boyish face with its summer coat of tan its composite nose and its square american chin of what nativity is your mother he inquired in easy french then repeated the words in english with an accent of disdain my mother repeated the young man oh i guess she's just plain american she says my great-grandfather came over in the mayflower <laughs> and he grinned pleasantly your father must have been french with the name lenoir of a possibility a huguenot you can inform me n'est-ce pas <clears throat> oh i say sir <clears throat> began harry his honest face turning very red i guess it's time i owned up then he caught a glimpse of madeline out of the tail of his eye and desisted shamefacedly Monsieur de say perceived the blush and embarrassment and smiled there is nothing to redden the visage in having one's descent from the huguenots he said indulgently but you should know of your family history my friend allons i require you to write in french a brief account of the huguenots including your own family history if as i suspect you are a descendant of one of the emigres arriving in america after the persecution translated into less fluent english the young man pondered the proposal dubiously oh i'm afraid he began but m de say was visited by an inspiration why have i not made the acquaintance of votre père he demanded you will bring him next lesson mon ami to him i shall speak of those things bien for to-day all finish madeleine had gathered her roses and was arranging them in a glass bowl when young harry schwartz emerged from the house his grammaire francaise under his arm deep gloom upon his brow see here he said with a total absence of the french polish his harassed instructor had been endeavouring to inculcate 
I'm in the devil of a mess. Devil of a mess? echoed Madeleine, arching her delicate brows. Is that nice a word? Innocent, adorable coquetry peeped at him from under her drooping lashes. You not étudié your lesson, and my papa he scold you, eh? I can't learn French to save my life, confessed Harry gloomily. And now he thinks I'm a Huguenot. Oh, and I ain't, of course. My grandfather is the Germanest German you ever saw. He's at our house now, eating sauerkraut and drinking lager and roaring about the war. I guess your father'd kill me if he got onto the fats. Oh, I bet a dollar, oui, agreed Madeleine, dimpling. Well, I must say, you're cool cried young Harry indignantly, seeing it was you got me into it, introducing me as Angril or what you call em. I supposed you were going to help me learn French. You said you would. Madeleine surveyed her fragrant handiwork with a pleased smile. You are so mad to me, she inquired. For what are you so mad? Oh, because I... Well, because you... It isn't fair to leave a fellow in the soup the way you did. He wants to see my dad. Find out if he's a sure enough Huguen... Huguenot, supplied the girl gravely. And you think he is not? Of course he ain't. Dad's American, so am I. And I'm darn glad of it. Young Harriet fairly irradiated stars and stripes as he made this declaration. Madeline gazed at him dreamily, her large dark eyes holding unsounded depths of mystery. Me, I am darn glad aussi, she said calmly. I think I like you because you are not, not a Huguenot. Oh, say, by George, cried Harry, suddenly soaring to a seventh heaven of unimagined bliss. Is that a sure enough fact? Because if it is, I... He was winged in midair by the appearance of Monsieur de Say, a most amiable smile upon his lips. This afternoon, he said, with the faultless accent he had preserved through many vicissitudes, I contemplate myself the great honour of paying the visit ceremonious to Monsieur, your father. I have the desire profound to know more of you, my friend. End of chapter 17